Alrighty, we are back in our cozy studios, Escape Florida, all in one piece. And we've got a couple of good things to break down for you today. This is episode Dirty 30 of No Putts Given. And guys, let's get it. No Putts Given is powered by My Golf Spy, the most extensive reviews in golf. Before you buy, My Golf Spy. Nine million readers do it every year. Check us out. Why are your faces like that? I shouldn't say dirty 30. Is that you bad? Can say whatever I like you it. want. I like okay. It. <laughs> so this week back in the studio, we have a very weary Harry Nodwell. Can you see it in his eyes? Look how tired he is. They're I, barely open. If golfers only knew the dedication that he is putting yeah. in right now. You're welcome, guys. <laughs> I've earned this beer right here. <laughs> it's three o'clock in the afternoon. Good for you. Uh, we've also got Tony Covey back with us this week. Tony, how you feeling, buddy? I'm getting there. I'm back. Okay. Ish. Good enough that you can chat with us for a little bit. But why the hell not? What else am I going to do? Okay. It, it's good for the soul. Maybe you'll feel better. Sure. Let's go with it. <laughs> And of course, owner and founder of My Golf Spy, Adam Beach, to my right, and I'm Miranda Mason, your host. So guys, let's start. Harry, I know you're tired, but can you give us a facility update? What's what's going on? We're motoring the way through this this driver test. Uh, hopefully getting everything, most of the majority of tests is done by the end of next week. Um, if not, it will be the 14th of February where everyone's going to be complete. So Happy Valentine's Day! Yeah, right? <laughs> So we're getting every, we're getting everyone through. Um, there's some trends that I've been seeing uh, whilst looking at data of my 371 hours at looking at screens. I was going to say, can you explain maybe the setup in the facility and exactly how many testers you get through and how quickly, and that you're the the main man running around making yeah, sure Yeah, I mean it we have about, we have 35 to 37 testers, I think. Um, we have a couple of buffers just in case dropouts don't um, tell them who they are they'll feel bad yeah um steve so Sarah. we do that and they have <laughs> there's there's nine sessions so do the math and it comes out to be 371 hours i think of what i've done today for tony's lovely email um for some stupid reason no one's counting but um okay but i am <laughs> yeah, i know <laughs> uh but yeah so we're, we're getting through that um and i've seen some interesting trends again last year we saw a lot of lower spinning drivers on the market with the shaft and head combo and again it's it's the same this year and some guys are low spins guys already but when it comes to i'm trying to put the cg back and get everything to spin up and they're still spinning it low 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 so it's still going a long way but it's pitching 210 and rolling out to 250 the windows that were on Foresight and Trackmans are no longer the optimal window from what I'm seeing um, from the last two years. Yeah, so the, the low spin thing seems to be a new normal, right, Tony? Like, I mean, that's just a trend that's tough to... You try to fit people into windows, right, of spin and launch and all these things, but the way they're designing drivers now is different. And yeah, is, there's not much you can do about it. It's pretty wild when you think, like, when we, when we first started doing driver testing, the, the <laughs> challenge was to was try and get that spin number down. Like that, that was the number we were fighting most. You'd have, you know, guys that you, you couldn't get below 3000 RPM with, with a stock driver setup. And now we're, we're starting to see kind of a, a little bit of shift where you, you have guys that, especially like Harry mentioned, lower spinning guys to begin with, where it's a struggle to get these guys above 2000. 
it, it's hard to get guys in that window now with, with these drivers being so low spent. Yeah, and let's remind people too, like a lot of people still don't understand how we go about doing our driver testing. We get questions a lot. We are in the facility all the time and talking data all the time, so we know, but we, we test the way the majority of golfers buy. That means you walk into a store, you're gonna have the available options that that club manufacturer offers for shaft options, shaft flex, head loft, and everything. And that's not including some manufacturers will give the whole range of their stock option shafts. We try some to just test all one. those. We yes. try to test all those. But yeah. that being said, we take each individual golfer, and these aren't just random people coming in and swinging, you know, ladies flex or super yeah. stiff. We're fitting each golfer the best we can into a window, right? And that's what he's talking about. The problem is that even when you try to fit them in these windows, uh, sometimes driver nowadays are just are, are lower spinning than you actually want. And that's just a trend we're seeing. But that being said, what are some good things and bad things that you're hearing from the testers, from golfers, and things that you've seen? Um, I've had uh, mixed reviews on um, Tony's favorite club and i'm kind of disappointed in it cobra personally yeah Woo! i oh. prefer the f9 and that's just my personal preference um it just sits a little bit too open for my for my liking the and new one the new one okay um a lot of it a lot of the testers especially the slower swing speeds they can't feel where you're hitting on the face normally you can tell with just the cobra or just the cobra okay. i'm talking about um it's a little bit more of a dead feeling it's a dull feeling and they can't feel where normally when you hit off the middle oh, i know i hit that off the screws it's like when you jump that trans am with the t-tops you know what i mean like <laughs> that rigid frame oh yeah that, i'm sure that's the case might yeah. lose some feel <laughs> uh but yeah it's, it's, i'm just a little bit disappointed and that's just that's just my preference but I've, i know this the slower swing speeds are saying the same thing they just can't really feel where it is on the face and okay. when it comes to a good feedback now tommy armor some of getting a little bit put off by the looks of the top of the crown which yes i i get that but some of them are saying i like the looks i like the the tram that goes on the back pretty much that actually helps align with the center of the club face more but majority of feedback is is phenomenal now i was a young pup back in uh, Tommy Armour's heyday. Can maybe Tony and Adam? Can you bring us back to just how oh popular those irons were? Like, so set the scene for us. Well, Barbara, just—I mean, look. If you're going to go read any article this week, and you're a golf geek, golf mm -hmm. nerd, like the 8:45 Tommy Armour article that Barbara wrote is just Poetry. a great article. <laughs> to read. Yeah, it's really cool, and it takes me back to a time. You know, it those irons came out when I was just learning golf, so. I just saw all the dads and all the people that were out on the golf course. Everybody had a set of these or a set of Ping I-2s, right? So kind of going down memory lane, the Tommy 845s, some of the tidbits from the article, 660,000 sets of these irons were sold, which is <laughs> insane. Crazy. But they were also designed by an English teacher. This is incredible Tony? to me. No, <laughs> Tony designed an oh. umbrella with a gutter. Okay, yeah, that's right. Um, that's, a, that's a difference you have there, Tony. You're designing umbrellas with gutters. This guy uh, had the 845. Another cool little piece of it was they were designed with a English teacher and a candle. So he basically How? took he he <laughs> basically took candle wax and melted it into the shape that would be. And this is how the story goes, right? I can't imagine this happening because it'd be really tough. But 
you know, wax was used and so was clay and so was wood used to shave and come up with a head. You didn't have CAD, so... Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. So let me just go back a minute. So you literally... They don't have a cast model, so they don't have like an imprint in like a cardboard cutout or whatever. Look, it's literally like a block of wax. No, he melted the wax. It's not a block. He just melted a blob and shaped it into an iron. Like Play-Doh. Yeah. Like Play-Doh. Yeah, uh-huh. look at, you know, just in the box in our facility, those clay models that I did, like those are, that's how you design clubs some back then. There wasn't computer-aided draft, you know, there wasn't. What? No. I didn't know that. Yeah, so people would shave wood and... I know the word, yeah. Clay. You come out of a block of it, though. Wax. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But, wow. <laughs> you know that, okay, that's real cool. So, basically, how he came up with it was he wasn't really a designer, and they just said, hey, you're our designer, basically. <laughs> and he said, oh, the Ping I-2s look good. Make a better-looking set of those where every iron has a CG, you know, located in the same spot. Um, and he got the font that everybody remembers by just looking at the ass end of a Porsche 928S. Smart guy. Smart guy. A couple other interesting things from the story is most irons nowadays last two years before they get replaced, maybe three sometimes most. These irons lasted seven years. The original model. The original model was seven years ago. Not an update, not a a re-anything? They released another iron. Believe it or not, they released something called the EQL, which was, if it wasn't the first, it was one of the very first single-length iron sets. And it didn't take off. It took 30 more years for Bryson and Cobra to... um, you know, really make it mainstream. But yeah, they were all, they had those. No one paid attention to them. What really kind of hindered them was after seven years, they needed a new mold. Uh, it would cost them like $10,000. And they were oh, like, oh, really? Damn. Uh, we're good. <laughs> but he's, don't they still have that mold? Yes, they do. Or supposedly the company Performax for Tommy Armour that makes their clubs now has the original 845 mold. That's cool. Yeah. Because we told them they should definitely pour some metal in one of those uh, I remember because one of our testers has a two iron because it used to be two iron sets yep so that two iron I looked down and I hit it it felt it felt really good compared to what it was back in the day yeah um, but that offset on that two iron you couldn't really shank it so this might be weird. it's a good question for you Tony might remember but just to bring you guys back to that time so late 80s early 90s right what do you think the top three? What are the top three leading sale uh, sellers in irons right now, Tony? Do you know? I don't know off the top of my head. I mean, Apex is going to be there. Um, I would assume, you know, when the Maverick stuff kind of ramps up, it'll be there, and you know, uh, maybe Sim. All right, so one, two, three, Taylor May Callaway, maybe right? All right. What do you I, think I, one, two, three I have, was? I have, some, I have a couple. Go ahead. Maxfly. Mm. Slazenger. <laughs> Uh, you want to go into England? Those right, what's, two what's are your third? Big ones. What's your third? It's got to be Lynx. Tommy Armour. <laughs> Who? Tommy Armour. Okay, well, good. You got one. Tony, what you got? What do you think? First, second, third. Oh, let's see. Tommy Armour, McGregor, and maybe Wilson or Ping. It's got to be Ping. Wait, are we talking about England? When do we talk about England? Crossfield does England, man. We do the US. Come on. (laughs) All right. Well, in that case, Slazenger and Max Flyer out. Yeah. So Ping Ping was number one. Tommy Armour two. Ben Hogan three. Hogan. That's a good. That's a good category to be in. And supposedly Tommy Armour and Ben Hogan fought back and forth for the second, third slot, but Ping dominated number one. Wow. So different times, right? Hell yeah. In designing clubs and who were the leaders in irons. So pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. We've kind of uh, buried the lead on this little topic, though, haven't we? Because... The, the TI-100s? 
the biggest iron ever made. <laughs> <laughs> I did, yeah, because back then I bet it was it looked really big, and then actually now it's actually pretty similar. One of the too. first irons when I first started working at the retail store that got delivered to the store, and I'll never forget they brought them in, and I mean the they just could not wait to display these things, and they put them on the rack, <laughs> and everybody went, "Oh shit!" Like. We, how are we going to sell these things? They look like when you make clubs for kids and you oversize the plastic it. ones. <laughs> and I mean, they were, for what I remember, fully made out of titanium, which was pretty crazy for the time 100% being. cast iron. And when you hit them, they were awesome, but it was impossible to sell them. I think they sold for $2,000 a set. Ooh. Yeah. That's a lot of money back then. Too. Hawkeyes came out for $14.99 back then. Sold, they had those ball bearing BBs in the back of them. Those were like hotcakes. They were just flying off shelves. Wow. And those TI-100s just sat there. And I, I dusted them every day. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow, that's kind of cool. All right, go yeah. ahead. Oh, no, I was letting you guys go. But I was saying, I think the main point of our reminiscing is that they're bringing the Tommy Armour 845s back. A modern version. They're not the exact original version, but they're bringing them back to consumers. Yeah. And, you know, we have them at the facility for most wanted testing. And Harry and I have both had a chance to hit them. What do you think? Squirt emoji, that's what I'm saying. Oh, my God. <laughs> is that, does that have to be all you say? Like, elaborate. That's all you need to say. <laughs> it is, uh, yeah, that may, I mean. As, ho- as Tony says, hard stop after the squirt emoji. <laughs> <laughs> hard stop. But, no, they are so pure. Because well, they, they're using same materials as some of the, the PXGs that are on the market, correct? Yeah, some of them. I mean, look, at the end of the day, we'll see what they are, but. They I will say great. this: they look like Titleist AP twos from above. Yeah, it's like a cross between AP two and another iron, which I can't remember. But but they they did a good they job. Feel great. Yeah, yeah they I'm job. always anytime you see this, right? It's just that the nostalgia play that is kind of the the hot trend in golf right now. You take a name that that somebody loved a decade ago or three decades ago, and and you recycle it, and it's. You know, different people, different clubs, different designers, you know, from, from end to end, it's a totally different thing. And really the, the only thing that's that's the same is the, the 845 in the name, but. That is true. Uh, and it needs to be, right? If you if you brought back the originals, you would have the worst iron on the market, but. What what um, <laughs> what other true. companies are bringing back uh, their old, old well, shit? Well, a lot of companies are like, so TaylorMade has the V-Steel coming back this right? year. Right, they brought back, I mean, go back, right? Apex in the Callaway line, right? That's that's taking the the Ben Hogan this and playing name. to that. Uh, Big Callaway Bertha. brought back Big Bertha, yeah, right, yeah. Um, Cobra brought back Baffler, right? Point is, he's saying like these companies yeah, try to bring. It's like the Stranger Things of golf, right? Like you watch Stranger Things as a kid, they have no idea some of the stuff, but the dads and moms that are watching Stranger Things go, man, this is cool, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, it's old school. You see everything in the background is like, oh, I remember that. Yeah, Atari and, and get, television yeah. and yeah, you know whatever, but. Tony's right. The only thing that remains of the Tommy Armor, Tommy Armor brand is the name. Is the name Tommy Armor and the word and the letters eight four five. Yeah, but that's enough, right? To to have somebody walk into a, a Dick's Sporting Goods and go, "Hey, oh, I remember the eight forty five. Let's uh, let me try it. You know, let let's see how it compares to an Apex, right?" <laughs> it sparks curiosity. If Tommy Armour was smart, they would give you a limited edition set of the old Tommy Armours, like a two iron or something for oh, everybody that why? bought a new set. Oh, yeah, maybe like a single iron. But yeah. Yeah, yeah I, but who, yeah, I mean, you. it would be cool having a whole set of those bad boys. I, brand new, never been hit. The wall hangers, but it would be sweet. Hey, yeah, everybody, I, people love wall hangers. Yeah, 
I mean, look at Tony's wall hangers right there. I know. He's he's a, he's got shaft. He's a shaft hanger. That's he's right. a shaft hanger. How many of those shafts do you actually even play? I I try and and try everything well, out, but you know when I settle in on, you know I got in such a groove last year with Aventus. I'm like I'm not touching anything. We're done. But now a new year, and now I'm gonna be like, all right, I gotta I gotta play with everything all over again. Cause what the hell? Yeah. Well, back to the point. If anybody is visiting my golf spot this week or next week or whenever you're listening to this just look up tommy armor 845 story like on my golf spot it's it's um it's one of the better ones you're going to read and it's written by barbara which and you should do it while playing music in your walkman and you know whatever other 90s fads you can bust out the nintendo 64 yeah before that bro yeah yeah, the 64s were like early 2000s i think i'm probably probably still a sega genesis probably still swimming around somewhere Mm, Sega Genesis was, yeah, maybe early <laughs> 90s, mid 90s. Oh, okay. Moving on, I have a question for you guys, and I promise there's a reason I'm asking it, and I'm, I'm taking a poll here. So out of the three of you, do any of you think the white golf ball is a dying breed? Tony's shaking his head no. no. I'm, on like a, I'm on the fence. No, no, no. Depends okay, on what so the time frame. Okay, so we've got all three opinions covered. Yes. Adam, why is the white ball, golf ball dying? It depends on what the time frame is. Is the white golf ball dying in the next year, two years, five years? No, it's ten years, be the twenty years, thirty. No, still no. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, once, once Tony's out of golfing, yeah. and, We're gonna start this again. and his and his girl is playing golf. His girl is not playing no white ball. Neither is my kids when they play golf. They're more open to those things. I mean, look, when we test speakers, people go batshit oh, crazy, God. and that's the same thing that you're up against with the white ball, right? They're like, that's golf. That That is golf to them. Why are they so protective over something like that? Because you and I could go golfing. I could play a non-traditional off-white, non-white ball. You could play the white ball. Off-white, that's not what I meant. You get your ass beat with a ball that's non-white or white. It right, the so ball why does it matter to you? If you're a white golf ball-like traditionalist, why does it matter to you? doesn't matter to me at all. It matters but to that does it, does it matter to the guy who's a very anal golfer? Because... Why the different the different materials because people are anal well let me ask you this question tony do you think there's a competitive advantage to playing balls that have patterns on them in the future well i mean that's that's the argument right so some some flavor of visual acuity triple track so so right triple track right it's got that vernier whatever vernier acuity technology where these lines line the ball right and and the kind of the the Truvis argument and the Ricky Fowler argument for you know, the new PIX ball, right? Is it, it gives you Which something Which is why to, I asked this question was yeah. the tailor-made PIX, PIX, so TP5s, whatever they may be. The idea is that by having like a geometric pattern, it, it kind of breaks up the, the empty, empty space on the golf ball and gives you a more precise point to focus on. And, you know, certainly I do that. Like I, you know, I, I, tend to play a white ball but i put a lot of ink on it so that no matter how it's oriented I, there's something for me to look at and, and kind of narrow my focus what do you disagree, I disagree. With? what do you disagree with <laughs> the the tailor-made for instance you have four different you're supposed to line up and it's supposed to give you a nice clear path or whatever well that's putting only though i mean that that the kind of the, the yeah path but stuff still that's that's when you're really is... hold on let him disagree <laughs> that's when you're really concentrating on the putt. those four triangles or whatever weird shapes that well, come out ninja, of those ninja, ninja stars, stars. <laughs> yeah it's kind of <laughs> stupid name is there an um, official name or word for them clear Picks. path yeah well, they, whatever that clear is path clear, is yeah. i'm not looking to i'm not looking for that align alignment i'm looking at four different blobs that well, hold is, on, it let's just get confuses me. okay so 
get back to the point, right, though, is the white ball dying? Let me ask you a question. If they can prove 20 years from now that a non-white ball with all these different geometric shapes or whatever the hell it is can lower your score by one and a half strokes, right? All in a whole round of golf, not just putting, but on the tee. And you could, what do you think is going to trend differently? I mean, I'm, I'm dubious on, on any sort of these visual technology stories, if only because. But uh, you're not about golf clubs that keep going longer and longer and longer. No, I mean, but, but I know like longer and longer and longer is, you know, 0.023 yards. And people are still buying new drivers, right? Right. Yeah. Because every, every three to five years, you probably would benefit from a new But what if golf balls is the new place when they start running out of places over here, they're going to have to start like they are with footwear. They're doing it with footwear now. They're doing it with socks now. They're doing it with balls now. Yeah, but I mean, my my point is like all of these sort of visual benefit, visual acuity stories, golf has a Golf has a dubious history with this stuff, right? Remember 12 years ago, give or take, remember Nike did that that line of green putters that was supposed to help you focus on the green uh, on the on the putter versus the green or the ball or whatever the hell. Yes, right? I also remember when they made a putter that looked like a doorknob and a driver that looked like an upside down and a shoe made out of grass. <laughs> and a shoe made out of grass. Right when when R11 came out, it was the science of white and why everybody needed a white driver for you know, visual Good point. kind of sort of benefits, right? So I, you think this is a fad, not a trend? Well, I, I don't think it's going to go away. And certainly T- uh, Callaway has invested a ton of money, right, in the machines to paint lines and, and geometric patterns and, and custom logos on balls and things like that. So, you know, All I, right, I think so let's, let's go to that point, right? We were talking about this earlier. 70% of Callaway's balls are non-white. Correct. So, and they've moved up to number two in golf. And guess who just acted like a sheep follower and copied a trend that they were doing is the not number two ball company, right? So if they continue to increase in ball sales for one, which Callaway looks to potentially be doing minus the Chrome stuff, um, <laughs> and they can keep that number going up and they make more and more non-white golf balls. If Titleist, which they are a, they are a wait and see company, they'll let you push the envelope and take the risk. But if this becomes a not a fad and a trend, right? Titleist usually waits three to five years and then goes, hey, if you if you are potentially going to start eating away at our market share, we're going to jump in and do a little bit of what you're doing and our golfer will stay with us. And if Titleist makes a ball that looks anything remotely like triple track or clear path, I think well, the white think ball is, starts to... Do you think to, it's, just, it's a, it's a one-hit wonder? So in two years, you're just going to see plain white again? Because we've seen that too in in different... It might be like... In like shoes or whatever. You've seen... Oh, let's try and let's push the envelope here. Here's the difference, though. And With white back. drivers, it was a great way when TaylorMade did that to be seen on tour, right? But then after a while, everybody can kind of get into that space, right? And then you go away from that and go back to traditional. And it could do what you're saying. But I think there's so many opportunities on that ball. The ball is becoming a bigger topic every day, right? Yeah. And they're losing opportunities to gain yardage and accuracy and storytelling about faster and longer with drivers. And they're going to need other places to go. And if triple track really works and clear path really works, other companies are going to have to do it. They got to keep up with the Joneses, right? How long has Trubus been out? Do we know? A year, right? No, no. no. So this is, this is the thing. I don't know how many people know this about Trubus, but Callaway didn't invent Trubus. There was, there was a company, I believe it was an English company, actually, Harry, that, that actually (laughs) put, they basically took balls, anybody's golf balls and put a, the Truvis pattern on them. 
So, you know, you could have a Shrix on with the Truvis pattern. You could, if you want it tailor-made, you could have it with the with the Truvis pattern. Callaway, in its infinite wisdom, I guess, sort of figured out that maybe there was an opportunity there, right? Because, you know, it's it's, it's a way to differentiate yourself on a larger scale that, that some guy drawing triangles or pentagons or whatever on golf balls can't do on his own. So Callaway bought the Truvis, the rights to Truvis, and then developed the machines to mass produce the pattern on golf balls and, and do all the things you need to do with respect to the USGA, basically things like you have to make sure that when you when you print that pattern, you don't print it on top of a logo or on top of a side stamp or a number. And yeah, all those it's not things. as so, easy as it looks. So a lot of technology around that. And then they, again, went out, again, they didn't invent the, the triple track. They went out, they, they saw something in there. They found a guy who had developed uh, this kind of, again, technology, right? The three lines, if you want to call it that. Licensed it, bought it, and reconfigured their triple track machines to, or rather the Truvis machines to now also be able to handle the triple track. So, and, and that's really what you're seeing is an investment in the machines that can, at this point, pretty much paint whatever the hell you want on a golf ball. So there, there's opportunity to, to see where that goes. But I guess the bigger point, though, to the question I was asking is, we're saying this is a fab, but Truvis has actually been around four or five years, right? Well, longer than that, actually. Uh, second generation Chrome Soft, I think, is when we saw it. So four years-ish, give or take. Don't hold me to that number, three or four. I don't know. All right, so all right, but when 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 are we gonna see ass cheeks and if it's what? going that like well, you could put a emoji of ass cheeks and everything? Harry's just all about the ass. I don't know. Well, but I, I'm not you seeing could. that they're putting emojis on this ball. No, I mean they, they have a very specific no, they design. Are. It seems they are putting emojis on balls. No. They're putting American flags. I think, putting, that, I think that was a spoof that somebody did on a TaylorMade ball that had it. a... No, um, no, they have put... I mean, they're not, they're not technically emojis, but again, right? So Callaway but does it with... To. Well, you do, you can do, right? Callaway does the stars and stripes pattern every year, and I think yeah. I think TaylorMade, you know, had its own take on, on that pattern, its own version of it last year, so... Is that more of a novelty thing, though? That's not necessarily what we're talking about here, where you're looking no, for like alignment is, advantages. If, if, the white- if the technology becomes cheaper for them to customize and personalize balls, it offers the opportunity for any golfer. Customization, personalization is a huge trend that's been growing for a decade now, right? And it will continue to grow as technology makes it easier and cheaper. Yeah, but like you can you can order custom golf balls now, right? With your initials or sayings or whatever the hell you want them. And again, not. Not as I, I suppose as cool as a Ninja Star or a Truvis pattern or Correct. some you know, Harry's ass cheeks or whatever he wants on his golf ball. But oh yeah, if you look like that is not a major segment of the market, right? There's now, correct. Right. But when golfballs.com and Callaway and TaylorMade and Tiles and all these companies that makes balls can make can allow you to print things on the go, like anything you want yeah, but with any dozen you want. What's that for free or an upgrade? Whatever. Well, I mean, even if it's three. If bucks, it's an upgrade, people are gonna be like, eh. Yeah, I mean, I think, and that's true. We already hear people saying golf balls cost too much. Well, Callaway's prices now for for Chrome Soft are above forty five dollars. Titleist has always been above forty five dollars. Story Taylor gets made, a lot easier to sell forty five dollar dollar dozen balls when you have a story of performance attached yeah, to them. But but you have guys that are going, why? You're already in that place where people are going, why should I spend forty five dollars when I can? Dude, buy? they say that about five hundred dollar drivers and three hundred dollar putters, and guess what? People fill their bags with them every weekend. Yeah, but there's no, I mean, you you don't have a true Snell Golf 
or a Snell golf ball in the in the club world, right? You have guys trying to get there, but you don't have one anything that's being seen as a, a legitimate. I mean, Vice is getting pretty close to printing all this stuff all over their balls, you know, from what I heard. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, they've got the NBA logos, right? So they're they're trying some things, but again, if if you get to the point where you know you can go, we'll use Callaway as the example right now because they are definitely kind of the leaders in this pattern game, where you can I don't know we can have my initials put on a ball in a Truvis pattern in any color I want. And I can do it all online direct on the Callaway website. And it costs me $2 more a dozen maybe, but that's, that's still a long way from, from taking over a market where again, you know, tour use on this kind of stuff is, is absolutely minimal. And as we've discussed on tour in particular, like you need to move the needle and there are only two guys that, that truly move that needle. And, yeah, Ricky Fowler's putting the Ninja Star ball in play. But, you know, Tiger's, Tiger's only playing white. And after that, nobody cares. I think, I think you're right, Tony. And you're seeing more golfers, PGA golfers out there, PGA Tour players, want to keep it a bit more traditional. For instance, flagstick in or out. We were we proved that it helps performance, but still yeah, but you're, they're not. You're talking not like in it. the minute, right? So like if you look retrospectively back 30, 50 years from now, we're talking about a moment where anytime people don't like change. So when you say, hey, the flag stick is better to leave in, here's all the data to prove it, right? People don't like that, right? It takes time for them. It's kind of like when we told them the Kirkland first ball was good. They pitchforks and you know yeah, but then they calm down right and then they go try it and then they go ah, this ain't that big of a deal i'll, I'll do it right yeah, it, i i think you're wrong last year was really right the first year of the flag stick and more often than not it was guys were like i don't care what the numbers say it doesn't matter if i believe you guys or golf digest it's just weird it's no it's different i'm not going to do it and that's correct. that's kind of the same thing with the white ball there hasn't been enough time. I'm not talking about is the white ball going to die tomorrow. I'm saying in 20 years, is the white ball what it is now? I, think, I don't think I it don't, is. I think it's going to be a fad. I think it's yeah. going to phase out within three years. Instead, three instead years. of 80% of the market, the white ball might be 75. Like that's... that's well, what I think I'm hearing you say, Adam, is that the golfer is changing as the trends and equipment changes. So if golfers are seeking more things like personalization, a little bit of personality in their game, then that might be something that does stick. Let me a just bit. give you a point. Like when Elvis came out, people went crazy, right? right? <laughs> go look at, go look at kids now and what they wear. It's mixed matched. It's there. I mean, there is not a, there's a look, right? But there's a million different looks and everybody kind of wants to be, and you know, there's, there's campaigns around Adidas and all that about BU, right? These these kids that are growing up now, the traditions that we have aren't going to be their traditions. And right. once we aren't there to be the majority buyer and they are, it's going to look different. I guess maybe I'm asking if you sum up the traditionalist golfer, are they saying that everybody has to play by a set of rules, whether it be country club style rules or things like that? And they're saying that the next generation of golfer is breaking those rules by bringing their personality to the course. Is that what's happening? It's get off my it's get off my lawn. Right. I yeah. mean, there's there's definitely some there's of a lot that, of that. Right. I mean, whether it's it's a change in the way people dress or I mean, we see it probably the most common example on on my golf spot on a weekly basis is people getting irate over the loss of irons, right? So it's... Mm -hmm. uh, or speakers. Or speakers. Or, is speakers, exactly yeah. I was about it's, to say. it's anything that is... Anything that Against isn't the, the way that I do it or 
you know, the way I feel it's supposed to be done is, is going to be. But the way they feel it's supposed to be done is that way because that's how they grew up. Because doing there's it. A, a, an unspoken set of no, rules. No, that's how you grew up doing it. Your right. dad or mom taught you that, right? But when this next group comes up and replaces my point, mm -hmm. they didn't grow up with the same traditions, right? So obviously traditions are going to change. So I'm trying to forecast what does that look like from a golf standpoint? How do golf balls look? How do drivers look? How do putters look? How mm -hmm. does clothes look, right? And you can already see a huge... There are people literally not wearing golf things that don't look anything like golf clothes. Right. Troy Mullins, we were hitting balls with her. She's wearing sneakers and some, you know, work like a almost sweater. like yoga mm -hmm. workout yeah. sweats. And that's golf. Mm -hmm. And she hit the ball just as far. We've got kind of a piss poor record on this prediction, right? This this whole idea of, of the customization trend in, in golf equipment, whether it was, you know, uh, you design now Callaway Customs, right? We thought that was going to be kind of a huge thing where you could go in and, and have your 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 driver painted your way. That's that's certainly not a significant portion of Callaway sales. We talked about like wedge stamping and when we did the pimp list for wedges, like this is the future. All this stuff is entirely custom and you-, you It is out. the future. It's just, you're looking at the future to me as what's present. I'm well, looking- But my point is we, we said it was the future five years ago and it's, you know- it's, Well, let me let me ask you if that has grown. Like there are people that now have jobs at a, at a Honma company and other companies that got famous for stamping wedges, is right, that correct? Yeah, no, but it's, I mean, it's its certainly- if You it's, design is still around, correct? Right, Callaway but Customs it's, is still it's, around. it's like, it's its grown like that much. Like we thought it was gonna be like, whoa, this is, yeah, because this is gonna be huge. I don't mean to just keep kicking this dead dog here, or horse, or whatever you wanna call it, but we're still dealing with the same demographic buyer right now. And until that shifts and moves out, and another one swath replaces it, I don't think you're going to see but incremental gains, but they're going to keep getting a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger until I just. Well, and, and the other thing, right, to, to kind of keep in mind where I guess on percentage, maybe you're right. But if 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 customization is going this way, the actual golf population is going this way. So um, they're both that they can both be true. Right. Yeah. So that's that's another challenge. Well, is, is the tailor made picks maybe evidence of acknowledgement of this trend just the fact that they're putting this ball out there no. are the major companies acknowledging that it might no. be trending this way no it's not trending that way it's trying to steal some of the market share from mm -hmm. one company and put that in their own pockets well i think yeah it's, fair it's, enough yeah they're seeing it that yes they're, they're selling a lot of their balls but and they want a piece of that pie at the end of the day yeah, um, I mean, let's... but I don't think it's. I don't think they're going to go away. Which is from... my point about all this. They're all. All these companies are going to look around and go, "How can we get that pie?" Right? Well, yeah, yeah. nobody. Pie, but then that there's too much of that pie, and then you get fat, and then you then you go on a diet. Okay, but every, <laughs> adjustability, <laughs> adjustability came out right for drivers. Yeah, everybody has it now, right? Yeah, but now get, they're going back to glued heads. I've I've seen more glued heads this year than I have done in fairway woods for sure. Fairway yeah. Woods? Yeah, but that's different. But then driver head, Strixon, going back to glued head. Wilson do not have an adjustable driver. Why would year. you say that those companies are going back to glued, Tony? Um, well, one, it's cheaper. Simplicity. One, exactly. it's cheaper. As Harry said, it's simple. And three, not for anything. We talk about this all the time. If, if you commit to a design spec and say, I want this driver to, to do exactly this for this type of golfer, it's more efficient to have that hosel glued, right? You can yeah, because at the end of the adjustability day, adjustability is a penalty. When I'm fitting all these guys, they have no clue what this weight does here and that does there. They oh, have yeah. no clue 
of how that works. Yeah, the so, data shows once they buy a driver, they might change that once and then yeah, never again. And then there's some guys out there that'll fiddle it every round, but they have they don't ninety percent of them do not know, <laughs> except for Tony, because he actually knows what CG and actually does. But they don't know how it performs and they're actually hindering their performance instead of helping it. I, I agree with that oftentimes. I think adjustability is an incredible feature for fitters. I agree. And for companies to limit some SKUs and fit golfers on tour, because back in the day they had to actually make a whole separate head, you know, instead of now they can just go, oh, you know, yeah, try that, I, right? I've seen less adjustability models than last year and the year before that. Yeah, I think a lot of that too is money savings, but... Well, I mean, it's, it's when it comes to golf ball, it's, it's real simple. And this is kind of true for across not only golf, but I would assume every industry, right? If, if there's an opportunity, you don't leave money on the table. And so Bingo. certainly TaylorMade, and I guarantee you, Titleist is paying attention. Bridgestone is paying attention. Everybody's looking and understanding what percentage of, of Callaway sales are in this kind of that non-white lines, patterns uh, segment. So, Well, just to re kind of make this sink in 80 percent of golf balls sold right now are plain white golf balls okay so that's the majority it's yeah. a lot of golf balls 20 percent non-white callaway the number two golf ball sold how much 70 percent of their balls are non-white it would be how interesting to see what that breakdown is from you know how much of that and i'm sure it's heavily truvis but sort of the breakdown between truvis triple track and matte balls that you know, based on what we found and some of the ball guys we've talked to, I know agree with us. Like nobody should actually play, right? So mat ball. Yeah, how much? Yeah. How much of that is tied up in those that, those that's inexpensive mat balls versus Truvis versus Triple Track? And my hunch is that the that the majority is Truvis right now. If Triple Track proves to be legitimate, I think you'll see sort of uh, a alternative color schemes for that, and that theoretically or in a in a in an honest and just world would would be the biggest seller for Callaway down the road and and again that one's probably going to be the one that's hardest to knock off borrow steal whatever you want to call it because again that is you know they do have some some specific patents around that right so. Miranda go back to what you're saying because I think I know where you're going with this so my question was how much of that 80 percent where the of the market the balls are white how much of that is because titleist plays all white balls and they have so much influence good over question. the ball category yeah yeah i mean very good question titleist is i mean they just so with the last round of pro v1s is the first time they made anything other than white they they have a yellow ball now right and the thing to keep in mind with titleist and this is true for most companies is, is a lot of what what they sell what's popular is driven by the tour and so, well, you can look at that number and go, well, yeah, 20% of sales are, are non-white. Titleist sales come in that, you know, they're they're predominantly, they're they're skewed towards the, the premium market more than anybody else, I would guess. And on any given week on tour, Titleist has maybe three yellow balls in play. So here's, so. here's that's a good point, because when you, when you look at equipment sales, PGA Tour pros don't really move the needle as much as marketing does. When it comes to golf balls, it's the complete opposite from what I'm seeing. Well, I right? mean, uh, I think Titleist is where it is because they are so dominant on tour. I mean, if you look at, like, there are some majors where Titleist is like 85% of the balls in play on tour. Yeah, so that, name that a driver a company that does that. Right. None, right. I mean, so none. it's 
it's it's an astronomical share on the on the tour level with the golf ball. Um, and we talk about this too. In, influential golfers, right? Titleist doesn't have like one guy, but they have a massive percentage. Uh, Bridgestone has has Ricky, or I'm sorry, Tiger, and to a lesser extent Bryson. So they have kind of that big name. Callaway for all the technology and or you know again if you want to call it that but certainly the the visual stuff that goes on with their golf ball like they really don't have that that super popular like influential tour player right Phil Mickelson is not moving the needle let let's be real right and he's he's kind of that premium still Callaway's premium staffer right now so yeah I, I think I think there's that's kind of created a ceiling for them to a degree I mean we've we've seen a, a big trend in the last year or so at least of social media influencers right and if you get these balls into those social media influencers hands you're going to see a spike in sales because they they they've proven to move the needle in certain ways well believe it or not performance believe it or not you go out and look at the stats right now on social media influencers and they are plummeting their stock is right now oh my gosh their stock is plummeting Interesting, because we just went in to golf an under specifically armor. or in, as in a whole? general. Because think about it. It's, my analogy is when cable was dying and, and kids our age, younger, your age, started cutting the cord, right? Part of the reason they started cutting the cord is because when the cable companies started to see that trend happening, the average show that was, let's say, an hour had X amount of minutes of commercials. Then they just started putting more and more and more and more and more commercials in it, right? Until it just. True. People said, I can't take it anymore. With social media influencers, when it first started, they were on the rise. But now everybody is talking. So there's so much noise. No one's listening anymore. You know? Now, granted, there are still ones. Or they that know it's the a needle. paid ad, and so they don't put any stock Dude, look, in it. Look, I mean, just yeah. thumb through the internet. Well, we've, we, we went to the Under Armour ones. <laughs> thumb through the um, web. <laughs> I mean, thumb we went, through the web, which is what you do. And literally, everybody is selling some shit to you. And you're just like, Dude, And I think I, we're, I mean, we're it's, seeing it's crazy. Well, that, that through the true. veil. What's that? We're seeing it through the veil. This person's not actually using this it's the product. modern They're day commercial. Paid to push and it's it. just it's yeah. the modern way day commercial and well, it's becoming overwhelming. I mean that's a really good way to put it, but we just went up to Under Armour and we 75% of the people in the room were social media influencers and they they um how can I put it? I think it? maybe apparel's a different animal. I'm not, saying it's not working. I'm not saying it's not working. What they're saying is people are listening and clicking less. Like it went up and it's shooting down because it's just overwhelming. It's it's just it's too much, you know? Yeah, but I th- I still think if if they went down this golf ball route with the different styles and all that, I think with people with influence on social media, because at the end of the day, everyone's Tony, on social media. Tony, what do you think media, about that? Do you, are enough, of the time. do you think there are enough actual, truly influential social media influencers in golf to actually move a needle to, they don't need to be in golf to 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 get people on board playing something on their white golf ball no i mean wait look 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 what what happened to you went to callaway and half the guys there weren't golfers ask ask callaway what they're going to do at the next party they do right and and you know let, they're not doing that again yeah I from mean, what we were told really yeah i don't i don't think that i mean i think it was an interesting thought experiment for how to conduct a media event but I don't. I don't think ultimately what came out of that was like a big win for the brand, and, and certainly a lot of people it. there were walking around going, "What well, the hell is?" I this, mean, so you know? certainly, and that's. I mean, maybe we're the dinosaurs in this case, right? The endemic media, but I mean, that was an odd event where it was, you know, you had like um, actors and professional wakeboarders and you know, Miss Americas and and things like that. It was kind of an 
odd mix. And for us, right, like there was no real focus on the product itself. There was no like, hey, here's 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 the product and here are the benefits and here's why you should really consider it. It was like, woohoo, let's have a party because golf is fun. And there's there's certainly nothing wrong with that, right? We Golf should be fun, but at the end of the day, too, for almost everybody who plays it, or at least in our audience anyway, right, performance is always a key piece of the equation. And so unless you can show me a a performance benefit or and at the minimum no degradation in performance nothing that's going to distract me like what happens for example with a with a triple track ball if it ends up and your lie is such where you kind of get like this weird alignment of the lines right like you you want to swing one way and the lines are pointing the other i'm not saying social media influencers are dying i'm saying right now it's a it's a thing right and brands especially in golf um are way behind knowing how to calculate ROI, like return on investment, they don't really know. Yeah. They just go, hey, we're going to spend they're some money over here. And once that changes, they're gonna, I'm going to spend it over here. Follow the wind. With, with, when it comes to performance, I really don't care. Well, I don't care, sorry. I, I care on performance. I don't think the majority of golfers care as long as it's, a, it's at a good price point. And if it has some weird designs on it, they might buy it. But I don't think it's going that way as much as you think it is. It will be interesting to see for sure. You know, Cause I mean, you look at these go- we did the golf ball test and we tell them that it's not a good golf ball, but they like the brand. It's the brand that fits with them. And I'm going to buy it because that's, that's my brand. So well, like I said, people don't like change. And right now they're, they were presented with some information that they didn't like, right. That went against, and they rejected it, but what went against what they believed to be true. But Trust me, those there are people now with open parachutes to listen a little bit more, and there's going to be companies that market different, make different. So the golf ball thing will change a little bit. But like I said, anytime you tell somebody, especially openly and honestly, like if somebody says, hey, how do I look today? And you go, they look like shit, you know? And you go, well, damn, you know? And then you look at yourself <laughs> oh. and be like, they were right once so, you settled down with, a little with, bit. With, with all this golf ball thing, I think we've covered all bases. So I don't think we can actually be wrong with the predictions <laughs> that are coming up. Because you said it's gonna it's gonna be good. I said no. Yeah, and right you said off no. the beginning, you said yes. You said maybe. Tony said no. Well, one of us is definitely though. right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to let you guys take care of that. But here's a hypothetical. Say Titleist bites. They see Callaway maybe having some influence. They see TaylorMade and it's, they recognize that trend. And they say, okay, we're going to give this a try because they have so much influence or market share in the white ball. And then they're like, we'll try this. Do you think if Titleist bites, it might trend more towards that this is a reliable kind of thing? It depends on how much, how many chips they push in, right? I mean, if they just push in five chips, maybe not. But if they push in more than that and it starts to become a seller for them, Titleist is the, is the, is the thought leader, is the right. performance leader, is the leader in balls, right? Because so they they're just kind of sitting back they and saying, you guys the, try They it. are going to be the domino that... De- that determines whether or not this does or not. I I mean, just looking at it objectively, right? Not from like a brand, do I think it's cool? I think it's kind of lame, tailor-made follow Callaway, right? But at the end of the day, I think it's really cool that you have this palette of to work with, and now people are looking at it as an, as an option to do some things that might be able to either be cool for golfers or help golfers play better or enjoy golf more, you know? Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. Come back in five years and we'll we'll come back with an answer. I don't know if we're going to be here in five years. We'll be sitting here episode 487. (laughs) The golf ball is still white. Yep. All right, guys. That about wraps it up today, doesn't it? 
I think so. I mean, I think we need to probably tell people a couple of things. So that whole conversation was based on the new ball from TaylorMade called the TaylorMade I think picks. I threw that nugget out there. I'm not sure if anyone heard it or it landed, but what was it? Picks, P-I-X, T-P-5. Tony, what's the, what is it actually called? Is it picks or P-I-X? Picks. Picks. Okay. I now think, we know. yeah. Confer- you think. So tailor-made picks, TP5, TP5X, with a clear path alignment made by Ricky Fowler. It's the Ricky Fowler ball. It's available February 28th for $44.99. Bingo. Bada bing. Wow. We out. <laughs> Done. Motori. It, it probably is worth mentioning the, the new Fujikura shaft. And I know Tony loves tinkering around with different shafts. So yeah, this is this is one I was on the conference call and it does sound really, really good. Yeah, so... I just don't know if it's going to be... Will it get Ventus out of my bag? Because at the moment... It's a different... MRI like, it's... If, the shaft if is Ventus Black is killing it for you, you're probably going to be fine. All right, so the new shaft, Fujikura Motori X, named for the 10th anniversary, the X being 10 of the uh, original Motori shaft. And it's um sort of builds on what they did with Ventus, but in a different way. So the story with Ventus, right? They called it VeloCore, which created more stability throughout the shaft and the, the end result being tighter dispersion, an MOI increaser, if you will. With Motori, it's torsional stiffness in the handle, right? So less twisting in the handle section, and that supposedly for aggressive swingers in particular creates more club head speed. So one, one and a half miles an hour more club head speed. And so if that works for you, more club head speed equals more ball speed equals more distance. And also, I got a hat. But- <laughs> But it doesn't fit me, so it's they sent me a they sent me a small medium, so so Blake has a hat. Schmedium. <laughs> That's right. Harry. Wake up. Yeah. Wake up over there. I know, it's funny, right? Harry, you should have been listening. You could have gone from hundred and twenty seven mile an hour swing speed. I don't know. I, I won't be yeah, but here's the thing is I'll be swinging up about one twenty five and I can't keep that on the planet. I love it. I love it when like when, when I talk about shafts, Harry pretends to nod off, but then like Two days later, he'll call me and he's like, "Hey, um, have a little trouble with spin. <laughs> what do you think?" Like, uh, feel like yeah, but I've been calling you, gotta... and you haven't been picking up, so I don't know where to go from now on. <laughs> exactly, but yeah, so <laughs> two seventy-five uh, available really soon. <laughs> a few days. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> so, Tony, quick question about that. So, any golfer is that based on like a hundred mile an hour swing speed? Do you know? And who is this for? Do you know? Um, so, I mean, there's, so again, two profiles, right? So F1 and F3, F1 is going to be kind of the lower launching, lower spinning. But um, all of these, both of these are not, neither of these, I should say, is going to be kind of as, as stiff or as low launching as Ventus. Um, the F3 is going to be softer in the tip still. So that's going to be kind of the higher launch. So these are, you know, I would probably say at best mid to low spin and you know mid high launch on the with the f3 it's probably where they fit and like anything else right it's it's go get fit see if it works for you but but the selling point here is we're going to give you more club head speed so i don't know if you you throw this in if you you take everybody at their word right you you take a you take a motori x shaft and you throw it in a callaway maverick or or as taylor made sim head and boom three miles an hour faster i wouldn't I wouldn't bet on it, but because you know. well, it sounds like a trade-off. Because if you you could have, say, one twenty miles an hour club head speed with a Ventus and one twenty-one or one twenty-two with the the new one, 
But if you're not hitting in the middle of the club face, golfers your ball dig, speed's coming down. Golfers dig the long ball, man. Yeah, yeah but I mean, your ball speed's coming down, so it's, it's not going as far. It's a different profile. That it's going to do different things. So, you know, it's it's not going to fit the Ventus golfer. If there's a guy who is, like, you know, middle of the, the Ventus bell curve, right in the wheelhouse, like, almost like Ventus was made for this guy, chances are the Matori's not going to be better. Um, but if you've got to – but there are guys – Ventus doesn't fit everybody. Right. So if Ventus didn't work for you and you're looking for an alternative and maybe you want club head speed or you're, you're curious to see if that pans out, then here you go. Here's your option. Yeah. And, well, and, we've got some at the studio and I and, do want to try them and, out. So I'm not going to bash I, him. And I got a hat. He got a hat. Where's all hats? I didn't get a hat. And it's just funny because it doesn't even fit. So Blake gets a hat and you, you still looks, don't get look, one. That like no plus given hat looks way better on Harry. True. But you do have to cover up the bold, so it's, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> your day will come. Yeah. Oh, it's already coming. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. So you love this. So Harry, this one one day I went to uh, it was a Red Sox game, one of the one of the mid afternoon games, so like two o'clock start or whatever. And I get I didn't bring a hat with me, so I get out there. I'm like, I got my sunblock. I'm super smart, so put on the sunblock <laughs> like this, forgetting that I didn't have hair here anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> Next day, I had like these two red <laughs> devil horns right here. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, you should have taken a picture of that and put it to profile. Sh- well, that was that was before Facebook, man. Like that's how that's how that's how long it's been since I've had hair. Chris Nickel, <laughs> he loves the trucker mesh hat, and we went down oh and my. last year. It was warm down at the he's, demo. He's day. the Stuart Sink of my yeah, gospel. Yeah, he is. But it when it. He literally had like a mesh honeycomb pattern yeah, on his head. Trucker hat in the sun is a sucker. Play. I just, I wanted to slap him. I in reminded the head him, I think, like ten times this year. I was like, "Put on your sunscreen." He's like, "Oh, thanks. I need to." I'm like, "No, stop everything you're doing and put sunscreen on here. your head." Well, anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, can we solve any more of the world's problems today, or should we wrap it up? I think that's a wrap, man. Other than okay. I just want to say thanks to everybody that's listening to No Putts Given. No yeah. Putts Given continues to grow, and uh, we appreciate all the feedback and. Believe it or not, this month will be, I think, the first month ever that my golf spy has reached one million golfers in a single month. Hey. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Well, on that note, we're going to say we out. Thanks yeah. for listening. Thank you all. I yeah. appreciate it. Bye. Bye.